Welcome to You Influence Podcast, where you will hear everything you need to learn how to be a man or woman of influence for the better in your personal and professional life, in business, at work, and in your social life. Becoming a person of positive influence has an invaluable effect in ways we cannot imagine, but can only be felt in personal fulfillment. Welcome back to another episode of You Influence Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. I'm seeing the numbers uh, grow uh, across different platforms. I'm seeing it on iTunes, on Spotify, on uh, Stitcher, on Google Play. So I greatly, greatly appreciate it uh, for listening, for reviewing, for rating, for sharing, and obviously for messaging me directly uh, as I always ask because you need to be specific when you ask a question and uh, I always encourage people to send me messages uh, through Instagram preferably because then you get me directly if you shoot an email then you get my assistant so again I appreciate all of your questions all the participation all the support Uh, today I have a great guest for you her name is Giovanna Healy she's out of uh, California and uh, Giovanna and I, we actually um, crossed paths through a mutual friend out of Florida. And this was about, I would, I would have to guess, 2006 or 2007. And uh, we kind of stayed in touch through social media. And then I just, you know, noticed what she was up to and she what she was doing. I'm like, wow, this is really great. I really appreciate the movement that they're creating out on the West Coast, the events that they're putting together. So I got to have her on the UN Force podcast because she is, I mean, if, if this doesn't describe the perfect you influence character for the podcast, I don't know what will because she's an influencer all across the board in her personal life, in her professional career, in through her immigration process uh, from Colombia to US, which was not even that long ago, about 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. And also, of course, through her business, she's, she's an entrepreneur. She's a co-founder and executive director of Sister of Strength. Uh, she's a special education consultant, and she's also a published author. And she's also raising a child by herself, a three-year-old, correct? Correct, yes. Awesome. Hi, Rafael. Hey, Giovanna, welcome. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. Listen, I have a quick question right off the bat for you. Before we get into the, the rest of the episode, uh, what is the Sisters of Strength exactly? I do see posts. I see you guys are doing events, but I can't grasp the, uh, the actual message. I, I know it has to do with empowerment of women, but what exactly Correct. do you do? Because there's so many ways to do that when you say empowerment of women. Yes, that's true. So we are a nonprofit organization based uh, in Los Angeles that is serving uh, Southern California. And we serve single parents. That's our main mission. Single parents or single moms? Single parents. So we started okay. with single mothers, but then as we have been growing, we noticed that there are also single fathers out there. Right. So we have uh, extended our services to single fathers as well. Uh, we don't have as many, but they are still there and they need the help. So we are also providing the help for them. Uh, what we do is that uh, we offer our support and our services, uh, which are uh, financial literacy. We offer services in the parent training area, uh, self-care. Okay, so it's education-based. Uh, it's, it's classes and workshops? Is that what it is? Yeah, so what we're mainly doing is providing education to the single parents, uh, Hispanic, Latino community. So we want our community to learn about their rights, about how to change their mindset, how to plan for their lives, how to provide a better life for them and for their children. Okay, so when it comes to, let's say, financial literacy, do you bring in other experts in that field? to actually educate your client? We do. So we have a few partnerships uh, that work with us throughout the year to provide education, and that's how we do. We bring along other experts 
okay. uh, that will educate our single fathers. And that's what we do with the workshops we have. And besides the workshops, we have a resource center that works all year long where you can find extra resources if you need them. Okay. And how often do you guys uh, put together classes or workshops? Uh, we do a workshop every quarter. Okay. And we are actually having our uh, next workshop on June 15th. It's a Mommy and Me Financial Bootcamp. So we are going to be educating the uh, the mothers, single mothers, and we will also be providing a class about finances for the kids. Okay, that's awesome. June fifteenth. I'm actually doing an event in uh, New York. Oh, great! For business owners and marketing and branding. So let me ask you this. Um, okay, so this is all in person. Do you provide any? Uh, let's say, for example, we have listeners out on the East Coast or Midwest, outside of LA, outside of yes. California, how can they, can they take advantage of your services? Do you have anything online? Definitely. So we have our website where we are uh, updating content where you can learn about all these uh, workshops that we do and uh, what you... But what if I cannot take- make it to the workshop? Can I have access to, the, to, that, to that content online? Do you do like social media lives, Facebook live, Instagram live, or do you have a recorded? So you definitely have access to the content on our website, okay. uh, Uh okay. We also, you can also contact us through Facebook, through Instagram. We answer questions. We have a few resources uh, all over the country. So if you're needing on a specific service, Mm-hmm. or one of our partners can provide that uh, that support so we'll get you in touch with the right person Got according it. Okay. to what you need. So it's like national, it's not just on the West Coast, it's not just in Cali. So our workshops are based are only in California, but okay. the services are, are nationwide. Okay, that's awesome. That's really good. And you do consulting for special education uh, programs in schools, right? I do, yes. I have been uh, for several years in the special education field. I was a special education teacher, and I do consulting right now on how to create uh, programs for children with special needs. How did you get into special education, even as a career when you had a job? Did you go to school here or back in uh, Colombia? So I started um, back in Colombia. I have um, a bachelor's in uh, literature. And then uh, when I was in Colombia, I moved to Europe. That was about, oh, wow, like 20 years ago. (laughs) And um, I'm part Italian, so I I moved to Europe. um, And then I went to school there for writing. And I started to get into the education field, but uh, writing books, writing uh, textbooks about literature, history. And then I In what language were you writing? I have tried mainly mainly in Spanish. Okay. Yes. Wow. So did you, and when did you come to U.S.? Ten years ago, you said? Right? Yes. So then from, uh, from Europe, I moved to, to the U.S. ten years ago. Okay. So what made you immigrate to U.S.? I initially came uh, for work, and I was, uh, I was married at the time. So those, those two things, and um, we end up staying. I end up staying. Um, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. I, I right. guess I like it here. All right, that's good, that's good. Did you, did you immigrate to this country uh, within, with English language already, or you had to kind of start from scratch? I had to start from scratch. So I learned English by myself about 10 years ago. I did the full immersion. I was like, okay, well, I don't know anything. So <laughs> might as well, I just started really listening to it. Uh, yes. So now I'm doing the, uh, the math here. So you came here 10 years ago. And I remember there was an event that was the first time that I met you through um, Kelly and Narek. Correct. Right? Yes. By the way, do you still, are you still in touch with them? I do. Yeah. Okay. So we are, we're good. still in touch. We are very good friends. We have uh, kids that are similar age. Yep. All right. Yes. Good. So that was um, 
2007, if I'm not mistaken. Did you come here and then go back, or did you, like did you come here to test the waters? I did come uh, for the event. I okay. was traveling, so uh, I used to come visit my friend Kelly uh, for a couple of months, and then go back. Then I came for the event, then I went back, and then I finally. Okay, so you weren't a resident back then yet. No, and then I finally made the the big move. Gotcha. So I'm sure you heard uh, some episodes, maybe the first episode of this podcast, where I uh, describe as far as why this podcast is named You Influence, uh, what the meaning behind it is. Did, did you get a chance to listen to that? I listened a couple to a couple of podcasts, but I don't know. I don't remember if I listened to that specific part. Yeah, the very first episode, basically, it's a short one. It's 16 minutes, and it goes into the breakdown and detail as far as why I even started this and what my true belief of the word influence is. Uh, obviously, it could be a negative thing or it could be a positive thing, but at the end of the day, each and every person whether they realize it or not, we influence other people and circumstances around us either in a negative way or in a positive way. But when you become conscious of that process, then you get to choose to start influencing others in a positive way. So that's the, the short gist of it. And let me ask you a quick question based on that. What has or who has influenced you Giovanna as a child like your, your decision-making process your thought process uh, everything you know what has influenced you to even leave Colombia to go to Europe or even then to US what influences have you had and what type of influences were they I think definitely my biggest influence has been my father uh, I was raised by a single father a single dad uh, who had a career, who had a child, we, who was trying to, um, to juggle everything, and who was also my biggest supporter and also uh, expected a lot from me. Like he will, he will give me a lot of love, but also it's like, okay, these are your responsibilities. This is what you need to do. Right. So I think that's, uh, that's one of my biggest influences. Also, the fact that I learned from my father early on is like, uh, you don't have excuses. Like, really, we can make up all the excuses we want. But in reality, when you want to do something, you just get it done. So when, when did you come to that realization? I'm, I'm asking because I got a 12-year-old daughter, right? So if she's listening to this, I want her to understand. <laughs> yes. You're never too young to get these principles. But if you got it at the age of 20, that's fine too, obviously. Or even at 40, you, know, you can't dictate when the person has an aha moment. Yes, I think I got it very early on, about when I was like 12 or 13. Okay. I was, uh, I was very dedicated to, um, to my academics, and I, I just love to study. And, and everything I wanted, he's like, you, you just got to do it. You're going you're gonna to get it done. And I, I kind of like set my mind on it. I was like, okay, let's do it. And everything was like push, push, push to get to get things done. Like you want to take this art class, let's do it. But you gotta do it the right way. So you gotta do it with the putting your best efforts. And I I don't think that is uh is never too early to learn this. I do it with my own daughter, or I do it when I was uh, when I teach when I was teaching. Um, yeah, so it's like. You can give, like I said, you can have as many excuses as you want, but let's make all those excuses a reason to do things. Yeah, may, may, may turn your excuses into whys. Yes, right? definitely. Okay. And you mentioned teaching. Um, I know you used to teach in the, um, the Board of Ed, in the Board of Ed system. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you currently teach at any of the workshops you guys do? Or you just hire people to come in to provide value? Or are you actually doing the speaking as well? I do the speaking as well. I do the speaking for the for the parent training and anything related to education and special education. That is um, another one of my passions. Mm -hmm. And I do also speaking at different events and like women empowerment or, uh, like I said, I am an immigrant, a Latina, a single mother. So I do talk a lot about all those things. 
That's interesting. All right, I'm, I'm tempted to ask you a question, but you know what? What the hell? <laughs> um, so here, here's the thing. So based on everything you've shared so far and based on what I've seen on social media, mm-hmm. we're talking about empowering empowerment of women, right? And oftentimes, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Okay. In the workplace and the last two businesses uh, I ran, um, I would say roughly 90, 95% of people that were working with me on a payroll uh, were women. And on average, it was about from, I would say, 20 to 35, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say it's a millennial generation. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody doesn't know me, and they would come for an interview. They would say I'm like a very direct, you know, to the point, aggressive individual. That's if they don't know me. Once they start working with me or associating with me or whatever, even like right now when I get hired as a consultant, then they get to see a different type of Raphael. With, you okay. know, and I'm very reasonable, right? I will, maybe one of my downfalls, I always give people the benefit of the doubt before making judgment. Right, so like the the patience just kind of goes a little too far. Um, but going back to what I was going to say is, with having a majority female staff, it was not an easy process, especially for a personnel like mine or even my partners, right? Especially my partners, because I was I, I was more of the uh, the softer one, right? So okay. I, I was like I was like I was like the buffer. Um, but that whole impression, the first impression wasn't it. It was the opposite. Like, oh, uh, you know, I guess right now they call it a toxic masculinity, which I know I'm not, I'm raising two daughters. So I I know myself, you can't, you could lie to other people. You cannot lie to yourself. Right. Yeah. And, uh, when it comes to having to deal with most staff that are women, especially in an industry that services female clientele, which is the beauty industry, mm-hmm. you go through a process of major learning. It's a le- huge learning process. And for me, what has helped me the most is being in direct sales for as long as I have been to learn about empowerment. Regardless whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. Empowerment mm-hmm. is empowerment. It's giving people a reason to believe in themselves when they don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you can only do it for so long as a leader because eventually if they don't believe in themselves, like you cannot do that for a thousand people on your own. Okay. But yeah. as a leader, I feel that it's your responsibility to breathe that life into someone when they don't think much of themselves and give them reason. It's not just motivation. I'm talking about giving reasons. So there's specific uh, process in place. Like, for example, you underline their positives, what they're good at, what they have good uh, going on in their life, how they can build on that. Because everyone has negatives. Everyone mm-hmm. has negatives in their lives. And if we just focus on the negatives, then we're going to stay there. Yes. Because our, the direction of our lives always moves us in the direction of our thoughts. Right? Wouldn't you agree? Yes, definitely. Okay. So what I was going to ask you is this. When it comes to empowerment of women, how do you, I'm sure you've been faced with this, so how do you deal with personality types? And I want to say mostly it's men, but I've seen women that do this as well, that are toxic personalities, and they actually, they disempower the individual when you're supposed to empower. And when it comes to women, there, you know, women leadership is actually on the rise, and I fully support it. Why? Because the workplace, the marketplace needs a, that needs that balance, mm-hmm. right? But I also, and I don't mean to sound sexist, I, well, you know, it's <laughs> but there's certain th- characteristics in a decision making process of how a woman deals with it. On average, there are always exceptions to a man and a woman. And then how a man may deal with the decision-making process in a leadership role. Do you guys teach anything on lead, when it comes to leadership for women? So um, the answer is yes, 
we have a mentorship program, like you were saying, as leaders, we can only do so much on our own, right? Right. And we believe at Sisters of Strength that uh, we want to create uh, individuals. Uh, we want to support single mothers and single fathers that are able to rise on their own, that are able to go out to the world and start supporting others as well. And I think that's how uh, any organization uh, grows. That's how we all grow. So the mentorship program is how um, we teach them some leadership skills. Uh, like I mentioned before briefly, uh, a mindset. Because it's all about like, I can be a victim or I can just choose to see, like you were saying, um, the good things that I have. What do I bring to the table? What are my strengths? Right. What can I, where can I start? What is my foundation where I can still build it up? So to, to help them identify their strengths. Yes. Instead of like when we do the intake process for, uh, uh, for a client to, to be in our, um, to get our services and be part of the organization, uh, usually anywhere you go is like, okay, what are your problems? What do you need? Right. We, like you were, you mentioned, we've, fixate a little bit on the negative right. right that's like that's nature that's human nature but uh we do it a little bit the opposite way is like okay um what are your strengths what have you accomplished in your life what are your dreams so we can start from the from the other side and building from there i know we all have needs and we sometimes go through difficult times but if we base the decisions and we base our needs and everything we do on the strengths we have because we all do. All right. Maybe we don't, we don't know it. Maybe we haven't have uh, the right people speaking into our lives. I am a big believer in having mentors and in having a, a support group that is always speaking truth into your life. That's important. They, because the outside noise and all the, the negative is always there, right? But so what, having, what, does a, what does a person do when they don't have the support group and they're stuck? They're stuck in their I personally know people that are stuck. They're a single parent. They're in their, let's say, mid-30s. You know, they're stuck in a job that they don't really like, but they're there because they have to pay the bills. They're raising a kid, maybe two, and they're afraid to let go. And they don't have the right support group. And I've heard it many times. Oftentimes, they do turn to social media for some encouragement. Now, social media, I did a, I did a video on this before, where social media could be a devastation to someone or it could be motivation. Yes. You know, it yes, depends what you're looking for. And my opinion on this is, if you haven't established, and I'm playing a devil's advocate to my own opinion, because mm -hmm. if you haven't established who you are yet, it is a social media is a dangerous place for you to be on because you could be seduced into fake quote unquote success. And you can, and oftentimes people start comparing their chapter ones to somebody else's chapter 10. Yes. Right. But then going back to this, and this is, I'm battling this idea on my own. It's not like a, I have an opinion on this and that's it. I understand mm -hmm. both sides. So going back, let's say someone who is working that job to pay the bills, but you know, she or he is not passionate about it. They have a kid to raise or two or three, whatever the case. And then they turn to social media, they turn to online for some inspiration, for some hope, for some guidance, for some ideas, but they cannot get it from anywhere else. There's no friend to phone to call, you know, for advice. And if there is a friend, it's usually, you know, misery loves company. You call a friend, they buy all your bullshit, they buy all <laughs> your excuses, and then they try to comfort you, you know, and they're like, let's go out for a drink. For yeah. me... That is really not what a friend's supposed to do. A friend is supposed to, you know, kind of figure to speaking, you know, smack you around in the face and saying, wake the hell up. You know, this is what you got to focus on. This is what you have going on. And if you're working eight, 10 hours a day for somebody else, find two hours in a day that you could start working for your, on, on your own goals, on your own dreams for not even for, you know, and if it's not for you, do it for your kid. In my opinion, that's the wrong way to do it. 
because if you don't do it for you, your child is, grow, is going to grow up looking at their parent as an example. Mm-hmm. And if we continue to live for the next generation, question is which generation is going to start living for themselves to set yeah. an example? Yeah, definitely. I think there are, there are a few things on, on uh, what you said. Um, first, I have been that single parent Okay, I don't like broken in the inside uh, that has to work the job because you got to pay the bills. Uh, what I think has made a difference in my life um, is the, first of all, you need to speak up, like ask for help. But if there's I nobody to it, ask, or at least well, they don't know who to ask. There's always someone, but they don't know. There, there is always someone, believe me. There is, there is always someone. I had been in places where I'm like, I'm, I'm completely alone. I don't have anyone to turn and talk to about things. There is always someone. Either for me, uh, my faith, it's very important. My faith continue to carry me through every single struggle uh, in my life. So I built. You're talking about your faith in your future. You're talking about religious faith. My religious faith. Okay. My my religious faith. It's and it's very personal. It's just, uh, and and I built my community around that. Okay. Around my religious faith, and I don't like to call it religious because it's like uh, I believe spiritual, in, religious, whatever. Yes. Even <laughs> a higher power. Yes, and okay. I uh, and I believe that uh, we are we build that faith when we have a community that also support each other. So I was afraid at some point in my life to ask for help. I was like, who who do I talk to? Like you said, or do I go on social media? Uh, but at a, about social media, it's um, so I don't do a lot of it, but the little that I do. <laughs> It's uh, I try to be intentional. So who do I want to be speaking into my life? Because yes, it's like I can be uh, watching videos and seeing pictures of someone else's that look like half a perfect life. Or do I want to have words of encouragement and listen for other people that are going through similar journeys or other single parents or organizations or like podcasts like yours that support, that talk about uh, being an immigrant, what is to invest some of your la- some of your time to work on your dreams? Or so we all have a- that choice. And uh, as difficult as it is to ask for help and to find someone, I think it's a matter of always uh, being determined and, and asking. You can ask ten people, and nine of those people are going to say no. They're not going to listen to you. They might not want to be your friend, but one person is going to say yes. One person is going to listen to you. One person is going to help you go through all these things. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with asking. You have nothing to lose. For me, it's easy to say, but unfortunately, and I'm saying this only from personal experience, for a lot of people, it is not that easy to do because the ego, the pride is there. they could be a private person, you know, and oftentimes people, for, for people to ask for help, that lowers their standards of expectations, that lowers their uh, pride. They lose their pride. And I that means, agree with that. you know, if they, if they feel like we need if people, like if we're asking for help, uh, that means we are nothing, like we're helpless. But you said I, something you said something very important. You said when you do go on social media, it's intentional. And what I want to add to that is people shouldn't just be on social media intentionally. Everything else in life should be intentional. That's called having a direction. Because when people are lost, this is just my observation, and I've worked with enough people, you know, even individually. When people are lost, they often choose the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. And what's a path of least resistance? Even if it's not on an individual basis, like friendships we're talking about, but even with consumption of information, 
they yeah. go to a radio, they go to music, they go to TV, they go on binge watching Netflix. And don't get me wrong, I do all of these things every once in a while too. But I am intentional with the information I consume. So like instead of going on YouTube and watching whatever, I go on YouTube and watch a segment on business something or watch a segment on personality uh, or communication, right? Something that will deposit into my brain that morning. Okay. Something yeah. that will benefit from not just consume stats and data or news, which is going to be out, out of my head in a, within a couple of hours. I'd rather consume something that will stay there potentially for the rest of my life. And Correct. after, I, think after I do that, I turn into other things. Like I get an update on sports scores, right? Uh, once a month, if I get a chance, I'll watch something on Netflix, you know, and which will be like an hour and a half of my life. But that's once a month. It's not every day. It's not every week. Yeah. I think that I, I also, um, on what you're saying, you're totally right about being intentional about everything we consume, right? Everything we feed our minds with. Because our minds pretty much determine our mindset, our yep. the, the information we have determine how we behave, what we do, what, how we think, the decisions we make. Um, there are like very small things that we can start doing to change that. So when you are well, when you're in the car, instead of listening to any music, you can be listening to a podcast that is bringing something new into your life whatever it is business relationships uh learning about your mind learning about your kids uh we can also i believe in reading i think books and reading definitely change your perspective on life absolutely perspective on things so everything that we do with the tv i'm not a big fan of tv we do not have a tv in my house so my child doesn't watch any TV or use any phones or stuff like that. So no, no for, baby, no baby cartoons for her. No, <laughs> wow. not yet. She is, okay. she's very young. Uh, she's only three years old, and her brain is still in development. So that's that's interesting because uh, I know, and I'm uh, what I'm about to say right now. I'm actually guilty with myself. Um. And you know what, man, now that I think about it, it just means that we're lazy. So here, here's what parents do. When a child is still being spoon-fed, obviously not a three-year-old, but when they're younger, mm -hmm. um, and there's resistance, right? Like, Definitely. Uh, they don't want to eat anymore because they're whatever. They're cranky, they're distracted, or they want to be distracted. And the easiest thing to do as a parent is to shove an iPad right in front of them as they watch the cartoon. You put the spoon in their mouth. And I'm just as guilty of doing it myself. Now, from if I psychoanalyze that process, it just shows how lazy I have become, or even for the most part, we have become as a generation yes. because we don't want to put in extra effort to feed that kid. So we go to the path of least resistance and put something in front of him because that's an easy thing to do. Definitely. How, how, how do you go through that process? This this is like our parents or grandparents' generation where, hey, listen, I got nothing. So what do you give the kid as a distraction to actually to have the meat? First of all, I don't do the distractions very much. Like I don't take I take uh, my daughter to get groceries, and she's never on an iPad. She actually helps me. So since uh, since a very early age. I used to take care, and I, I talked to my daughter all the time. So right. since since she was in the womb, I was like, "Oh, it's it's the morning, and this is the plan for the day. This is what we're doing. This is what it's happening." And I have doing I have been doing it for the past three and a half years. So we wake up every morning, and I was like, "Okay, this is the plan for the day. This is what we're doing." And then when we go, let's say, to the grocery store, where you see most kids on an iPhone or an iPad or anything, just like zoning out I will, I'm like okay this is we're buying bananas and avocados or whatever it is that we're getting and she's part of the process she sees the process yeah that's the way and I was raised 
Yeah, but so she's part of everything I do. And I was like, when we're eating, I was like, okay, this is our time to eat. This is our time to share. So tell me, how was your day? She goes to daycare. And so you get them used to that, to being interactive with you and not needing those distractions in order to, to, be, uh, to get the, the task done, right? Uh, it is it is so easy. Like I can just give in and say, you know what? Just just take the iPhone and kind of like give me a break for fifteen minutes. Well, but, I don't. Do, I never do that. I, I never give a, a gadget for them to stay distracted to leave me alone. That I never do. The only yeah, time but, I did do that, and I again, I'm I'm admitting to it, is when I had to feed them. Yes. You know. So other than that, I, no. I and, and I think it's a great not. influence that you what you're doing. Because you're involving her in the process. So yes, she, and I chose not to, not to rely on, uh, on any gadgets. Uh, again, it's not the easiest process. It's harder because you actually have to interact with them and do arts and crafts. We do a lot of reading. She has her own uh, library. And so uh, it is harder to be a parent that way. But the rewards are also amazing and she it's she goes with me to work sometimes she's part of the events she knows what i do so she is a hundred percent part of my life or everything i do that's awesome um what made you raise her that way what did it did you take like a parenting class like what type of influence did you have to become the parent that you are today so I was raised that way. Uh, I was raised that way too, but yes. <laughs> maybe that way towards my kid. <laughs> uh, I was raised that way. I think also the fact that I have been in education for several years and kind of like you study the brain and the development of the brain and what happens uh, to a child's brain at every stage of life where you use, like when you speak to them, when you read to them, but also when you use... Um, computers, phones, when they are exposed to social media. Like uh, you mentioned before, we are living in a world right now where we are exposed to so much information 24-7. Right. That I was, I was aware of it because of all these things. And I, I read often. And I'm, also, I'm always learning. I don't know at all. So you're, just, going, you're I, going back to the whole intentional thing. Yes. So I just, I'm like, I'm always learning. I'm always reading. I want to learn more. I want to know more. So, and I see it with my own child. Okay. This is not working. Let's see. Let's figure out. Let's figure out together. Let's see what we can do. So, uh, again, being very intentional. How do I oftentimes think, how do I want my child to be in the future? What kind of adult do I want to see in 20 years, in 15 years? That's good. You know, being on purpose, I always relate this to the plastic bag on the road. It has no direction. Mm -hmm. It has no weight to weigh down. And it keeps bouncing around in the air from side to side, back and forth, up and down uh, every time the car passes by. That's what happens to a plastic bag. No direction. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. And unfortunately, most this is very unfortunate. Most people are that plastic bag in life. They just go with the flow. There's no purpose. There's no direction. They think they have a direction because they have a job that pays for the bills, but that's not direction. That's routine. And that is something they need to do. We all have things that we need to do to take care of the the necessities. But being intentional based on what it is that you want in the future. In my opinion, and through my observation, it also, it's a big part, if not the biggest part of the happiness factor. When you know you're doing things intentionally and there is progress, you may not be winning all the time, but you're taking steps towards that goal, whatever it is. It could be small goal, big goal. Everybody's different. But that makes people happy. When um, I, I forgot who said it, I, I recently read it, and they said, if you don't know where you're going, 
you're probably you're probably miserable now too. Like if you do not have a sense of direction where you're going in the future, you're not that happy with where you are today. Yes, you most likely be lost, and I think that um, we are we are living in an era where we are afraid that we are, we might start working our, on our dreams too late. And I think that I will uh, something that I tell people often is it's never too late. You're living your own life. Like you said, if you are of chapter one, it's your life. It's not chapter nine or 10 or 11 of someone else's life. Right. And as long as you are working on what you want and your dreams, and uh, at the end of the day, I think it's also about like, are we building a legacy? What are we giving to our families? Like, yes, we have the job, but is that your legacy for your kids? Is that what you want to uh, pass on to your family? Like when we see it that way, it's like, okay, we, we got to start doing something about it. You know what? I talk about this all the time and I think it's easier for me to talk about it because it has been years, probably about 16 years at this point that I've been working on myself. Like the, the discovery of personal, the concept of personal development only came to me when I was 24 years old. So I think it's an advantage that I have over others that don't get it yet. So I do talk about legacy all the time. Yeah. Right? Like what you're doing today, how is it going to benefit not you tomorrow, but how is it going to benefit you in 50 years or your kids in 20, 30 years? But. So here, here's my question to you. Okay. You have a 35, a 30, a 45-year-old listening to this, and they're saying, I don't know what my legacy is supposed to be. I just want to take care of my kid and make sure their college is paid for. Or I'm just a, whatever, I don't know, a hairdresser, or I'm just an accountant, or I'm just a paralegal making my $60,000 a year how can I leave a legacy on that? That stuff is only for the millionaires. Right? So I, I believe that uh, the legacy is for everyone. We all have a purpose. The hairdresser, the paralegal, the janitor, we all have a purpose. It's how you live your life. Right? And how are you working the eight hours of a paralegal, but then you're going home? Uh, watching TV, or are you going home and working an hour or two on your own project that is going I'm to going build home. a legacy? I gotta, I gotta take care of my kid. I gotta pick him up from school. I gotta cook. I gotta make sure dinner's on the table. I gotta make sure the homework of the kid is, uh, is done. By the time my child is in bed, I'm out. Right? That that a person tells you that. Well, I can tell you that I am a single mother. I have no family in the country. <laughs> I I work a full time job. I have an organization that I run with uh, with my uh, with my other partner. So uh, I can tell you that we wake up at five in the morning. We get ready, go to work, go to daycare, pick her up in the afternoon, right after work, get dinner ready, get her settled, go to bed, do the routine, and then after that, uh, it's like okay, what do I choose to do with that hour after I'm completely exhausted? But here's, here's with uh, the uh, mindset comes. Yes, I am exhausted. Yet, can I sacrifice an hour early in the morning or an hour late at night just to work on that one project that would change my life? That okay. one project you, you go, you go that would build my purpose. legacy. So it's being in purpose. Yes, I am an exhausted single mom <laughs> all the time. But it's about your perseverance. It's about your resilience. It's about pushing forward no matter what. I can give you all the excuses. I learned them all. I have them all. But I just make those excuses my reasons to keep moving forward. That's a good one. Again, going back to being intentional and using your excuses, turning your excuses into reasons of yes, why to definitely. do it. That's yes. interesting. Okay. So what, um, when did you launch uh, the consulting? When did you start consulting to the school system? I started consulting uh, about a year ago. Okay. After being in the, in, the school, in the school system, I 
love special education. I love being a voice for those that don't have a voice. And part of that is educating parents again on their rights, on so their possibilities. Co- so your customer is the school itself. It's not the parents. I work directly with, uh, with the schools creating the programs, but as part of Sisters of Strength, the organization, I work with uh, parents. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, with the nonprofit organization, you deal with end consumer being the parent. With the parents. Right. As a consultant, you work with schools. So the school is your client. Yes, correct. Okay. So how did you go about getting schools to pay you to do what you do? Like you like knock on doors and say, Hey, listen, I used to be a special ed teacher and now I'm here to deliver some value. How, how is, how did the pitch work? How does the pitch work? Uh, yes, I, I, I learned to, to talk to people, to, to be vocal about the things that I do and that I can bring value to. And I think that my experience, uh, what I have done, it's, uh, it speaks louder than anything I could say and, and my passion. So yes, I go to the schools, I talk to them, I show them, I create a plan, we do it together. It's all about teamwork. It's not like I just go to and do absolutely everything. I don't believe in just doing that. I think we all need to work together in life in general. Is it on contractual basis or is it per workshop? Uh, contract. Contract. Yes. Okay. And you find that rewarding? I do. Again, it's one of my passions. Uh, I love to work with children, uh, especially education. It's like my soft spot. So I do. So here's why I'm asking this, because you could say a lot about a personality, but just because I'm a certain personality, that means there, there are millions of other people that have my personality. Same goes for you. So typically, if you are mostly if you're a school teacher and you just care about the kids, right? If you're like melancholic personality, you just want to make sure everyone is at peace. Everyone's working together. No, uh, you know, no raising voices, calm yourself down, that type of personality, right? Hug a tree personality type. Um, it is very unusual. It's always, there are, there are a lot of them, but it's unusual to see that type of a person embracing sales or going on their own. It is not an easy task. So it is not easy. What, what you're doing is selling. Uh, I guess I am, yes. And I have to say that um, I am an introvert. I'm more on the, on the shy side and a very private person. Uh, however, I have learned over the years to, to rely on my strengths to create my foundation on that and to, uh, to learn what I'm good at, what, can, what, what is my value, what I can bring, and kind of like balance those things. Okay. It's not easy. It's but very difficult. It's difficult, but you're not answering my question. There's, I'm going to tell you the reason why I'm, I'm asking this, because I know people listening to this, they, they have the same thought process. You still, even though it wasn't easy, with everything you just said, I get it, but... You embraced the process of selling. You went out and knocked on doors of schools, knowing well that you may get rejected. You may not get a close, but you're still going through the process. What made you embrace the process? What made me embrace the process is was life. And it's, it's a broad answer, but it's, I learned about rejection through other experiences in my life. And I learned uh, from people rejecting me that it wasn't because, because of me. It was because they didn't need what I have. They didn't want what I was offering. And that's totally okay. Right. It is totally okay to be rejected. We just have to learn to process that, right? Instead of living with the, that sense that, oh, I'm not good enough. And I'm not going to make it. It's uh, so there's uh, different things in my life, like leaving, um, leaving my country at, a, at an early age, going to a different country, learning a new language, 
not having any family, like all these things have been pushing me forward to this moment of realization that so I can do it. has made you brave, so to speak. Yes, definitely. Okay. Yes, I have, I have learned about courage and about strength and about being okay. brave and, again, being intentional because one day, uh, a few years ago, I realized, okay, what is my legacy? I have a daughter. Okay. So That's very I'm strong. Gonna... That's very strong and powerful. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people do not have that type of resilience and courage. So even though you gave your answer, which I, I, I respect, it's your answer, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the answer I was looking for was something else. And I'm, I'll share it with you. Okay. Because most people, and I'm one of them, when we hear the word selling process, sales, we turn away. I didn't have the courage or the guts to go into sales. I left a safe, secure job in corporate America. Uh, after six years and went into sales, which was completely opposite of what I was doing as a professional. That's what I went to school for. I didn't graduate college, but that's what I went to college for. And the only reason I went into sales is because... There is one thing about... Sorry. There is one thing. It's okay. like, I have had this perception for a long time that we all are constantly selling ourselves. Right. If it's a product, who we are, how we look, what we do, where we go. Like we are constantly doing that. It, it's a natural thing. And I hate sales. And like you said, like I never liked that word. I don't even use it. I don't think it's like really part of my vocabulary. I just use like I offer services and I help communities. And, but at the end of the day, we all do it we everywhere do it. we Every go. Every single day, thousands of times per day especially yes. if you have kids you're oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> either they're selling you, you or you're selling them you are selling and negotiating all day long with kids yeah and when it comes to adults here's here's the way i, I see it the reason why i hated it or didn't understand it is because i was misinformed so for me sales was all about money meaning like it's a monetary transaction mm -hmm. Now, obviously, selling is not just monetary reward. You, you sell someone to go see a different type of movie. You sell someone to get a different type of house, right? If you're like with a spouse, it's all the stuff, the, the, edu the micro education and not the convincing, it's micro education and enlightenment in someone else's mind. That's sales. Now, when it comes to money, when people like, they're really good, talented people out there but they're working for somebody else and they're sick and tired of it. They're not happy. Like, Oh, I want to start my own company, but I need to sell because in my opinion, you cannot run a business if you aren't able to sell. Communication is everything. Yes. And the way I tell people very simply, obviously there's skill involved. You need to learn communication styles. You need to learn a bunch of stuff to be effective, but to keep it simple, if someone doesn't want to embrace sales, my answer, I could be wrong, but my answer is very simple. That just simply means you haven't found something you're excited about. Because when you believe it to your core in something, it becomes so easy for you to sell it. You don't have to try. Because you believe yeah. what you believe and there's no, like you can, your mind, your belief cannot be moved with a bulldozer. Like there's nothing that's going to shift your mindset. Like I hardcore believe in my services. Why? Because I've seen the results it produces in corporations and companies, even in my own business with over a hundred employees, you know, the, the yes. last business. So I know it works. So if I'm convinced on it, it's easy for me to sell. If I, I think it, we have a perfect example of like being convinced or something like when, I don't know, you go to a restaurant and you enjoy the meal and it's so good. Then you're going to go and recommend it to a friend, right? Yeah, because you already experienced it. Yeah, so you had a good experience. You're recommending it to your friends, and so you're promoting the restaurant even if you don't know it. Absolutely. So we are, we are all, uh, like you said, if we have find something that we like, that we enjoy, that we are passionate about it, it just comes out natural. Absolutely. Okay, so 
Um, I know we are running short on time already. And uh, let me ask yes. you a couple of more questions. In regards to seeking empowerment, right? Can you narrow it down? Let's say I hired you as a, as a coach. Uh, I am your ideal candidate, right? Can you break it down into, let's say, three simple steps? What I should do to get my life back, or to turn my life around? I'm confused. I think first you need to determine um, what are your strengths? What do you have, right? So we can build a foundation because without a foundation, you are not going anywhere. We are not going anywhere. So after you know your strengths, then what do you want to do with them? It could be, it could be anything. Do you want to help others? Do you want to build a business? Do you want to expand your practice? Do you just want to have a hobby? What else that you want to do with those strengths? And third, it's uh, being open-minded about changing your, your thinking or learning about a new way of thinking. Because you can have the strengths, you can have the, the idea, uh, but if you are not willing to listen to others and you're not willing to uh, learn about a new way to see things and a different perspective, it is very difficult. I won't say it's impossible, but from my own experience, I will say it's very, very difficult to move anywhere you will be paralyzed for as long as you are not able to do that. That's good. So first step is to build strength, to find your strength, right? Identify yes. your strength because that's the foundation. Second one is um, what can you do with those strengths? Yes. Right. And why would you want to do what you want to do? And yes. the third one is to keep an open mind to other ideas. Yes, and even to learn about yourself, I think that um, it is very important to to look inside, to learn about who we are at the core. What are our beliefs? What do what, why we are who we are, and why we do the things we do? That's not an easy process, and a lot of people are afraid to even go there. It's the most difficult process. It is painful at times. Yeah. But we cannot avoid it forever. Right. And the sooner you get it done, the easier your life will be. Let's just put it that way. Definitely. Yes. What, what comes to your mind when you hear the word influence? Influence, uh, for me, is the capacity we have to change anyone's lives in some way. Uh, in a way that uh, in the things that we do because people are always watching I might have that influence on someone the words that I use um, we, are, we have the capacity and we are influencing everyone around us all the time like my child is watching me 24-7 so that's her major influence right now in her life so I believe that because we have that power, we should all be intentional about what we do and what we think. There goes the word again, intentional. Yes. Gonna make that the, we're going to make the episode theme named intentional. I love Definitely. It. That's my word. All right. Um, any uh, last words for our listeners? Um, I will say if you are out there, if you are a single parent, if you feel stuck in life, paralyzed, if you want to talk to someone, please reach out. Uh, what, so reach what, out. where can people find, um, where can people find you? Are you, are you available to help people out or is I am. it going straight through the organization? Uh, I am personally available, uh, but also as an organization, we are available and it's more people than just me. 
so you can find us uh, sistersofstrength.org. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can also contact me directly, Giovanna Healy. Uh, you can find me on social media. You can send us an email, sistersofstrength.org, mp, and as Nancy, P.S. and Paul, at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email. If you want to talk to me directly, just ask for that, and I'll be happy to give you a call and answer an email. But I will say, I want, I want to leave you with this and it's speak up, ask for help, talk to someone, start somewhere. Because, um, uh, I have been in that place where I don't know what to do or where to go. And I feel completely lonely. And I have to make the first move. I have to step out of my comfort zone in order for my life to change, in order for my life to move forward. So do it. I know it's scary, but do it. I will encourage you to do it. Step outside your comfort zone. Joanna, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. Great content, great information. I took some notes as well. Really appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Share it out, rate it, review it, and we will catch you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast already, please show us your support by subscribing and leaving a positive review to help us advance on the chart. You can always connect with me on social media by searching for Rafael Mavi at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. If you have any questions or just want to drop a line, the fastest way to get a hold of me is through my Instagram. Until next time.